Coming up, we'll talk about Diz Cruise 1.0 aboard Royal Caribbean's Oasis of the Seas. And we have an official announcement regarding Podcast Cruise 5.0. And we're also going to talk to our good friend Jack Bergen about some of the legal issues surrounding the film Escape from Tomorrow that we talked about on last week's show. All that coming up. From the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida, this is the Diz Unplugged. This is the Diz Unplugged, episode 642 for the week of September 3rd, 2013. The Diz Unplugged is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel. Experts in helping you plan the perfect Disney vacation and the perfect Royal Caribbean vacation. Let our cruise experts help you plan an amazing cruise aboard one of the 22 ships in the Royal Caribbean fleet, including the new Quantum of the Seas, setting sail for the Bahamas and the Caribbean from Cape Liberty, New Jersey, in the fall of 2014. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Coming to you live from the Bob Barley Studio in Orlando, Florida, I am your host, Pete Werner, joined at the table this week by my good friend, Sean Thompson, Dustin West, Corey Martin, and back on the controls, the lovely and talented Gregory Williams. And uh, (laughs) Really awkward smile. It was very awkward. Um, I love how well lit I am. Um, uh, Thank you for that. You're welcome. Um, And also uh, joining us on Skype, our good friend, Jack Bergen. Say hello, Jack. Hi, guys. How are y'all? Doing good. Doing good. We'll be... With Jack in just a little bit. Uh, this is actually kind of a last-minute show. We weren't planning on coming in live today because, as all of you know, we recorded our show, uh, or as most of you should know, we recorded our show on the Oasis of the Seas last week uh, as part of Disc Cruise 1.0. And, uh, but since uh, we were able, some things happened on Disc Cruise regarding Podcast Cruise 5.0. We're, we're going to start naming these things a little differently because... <laughs> I'm having a hard time keeping up with them. Um, but uh, it's kind of time sensitive with the podcast crew, so we needed to get it up this week. And uh, John asked me to make sure that information got got relayed to everyone, so we're going to talk about that in a little while as well. Um, but, uh, well, actually, let's talk about that now. Okay. Yeah. Um, Housekeeping. Why, why don't I have it? Why don't I have it in my, my notes? Oh, there it is. Um, First, actually, uh, John wants me to mention the special Viva Italia trip that we have been talking about for next September that is now open for booking. There will be a link to it on the show notes page, disunplug.com. I can tell you already that uh, we've opened it up to previous uh, ABD, a- ABDers who have traveled with us, and that trip is already half full. Um, So it is going to sell out. It is going to sell out fast. This is an adjusted itinerary uh, done specifically for us. Uh, Instead of doing the Tuscan countryside, we're getting to go to Florence. So uh, we've got a great price on this, and it's a special itinerary just for our group happening next September. uh, September 16th through the 24th of 2014 are the exact dates. But uh, I know something that will excite many of you. We can finally officially announce Podcast Cruise 5.0, November 30th, 2014. This is a seven-night sailing on the Disney Magic out of Port Canaveral. The most spectacular thing that will be happening on this cruise <laughs> is I will turn 50. Um, the last night of the cruise. Yeah. 
the most and, spectacular uh, thing. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Well, you refer. What do you refer? Hold on, cut to me. Cut to me. It's Pete's legend. Legends ball. <laughs> is there something more spectacular that will happen on this cruise? I was thinking bringing Marty Sklar back or something like that, but no. <laughs> Maybe he once he turn. Uh, well, if you want to bring him back, if you want to bring him back as part of the tribute to me for my fiftieth, that's fine. <laughs> it's like bringing sacrifices to the that's right. Or Jody Benson back to sing <laughs> just, happy birthday to you. Just uh, you know, it's tribute. It's not a sacrifice. It's just tribute. It's just tribute. Um, yeah. So we'll be celebrating my fiftieth birthday on the cruise. That'll be and fun. I plan on uh, I plan on throwing quite a little bash, and so we're we're looking forward to having a. Having a, a, a nice sized group of folks join us. This will be great because I've never been on the Magic before. Now I can check all four. Yeah, you'll have been on all four. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, the booking uh, engine for this is going to open up on I In know five, four, three. Two. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's Wednesday. Right? I think it's Wednesday. Yes. I think yeah. I think it's tomorrow, the fourth. Um, again, a link on the show notes page, uh, disunplug.com. Uh, and it's going to include the itinerary. You know, once uh, once it goes live, you'll see the itinerary, all the pricing examples. Um, and if you have an existing cruise they want to move to this sailing, you need to email Tracy Heinrichs. Tracy, that's Tracy with an E-Y, T-R-A-C-E-Y, uh, H at dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Again, will be a link on the show notes page, so don't worry about it. Yeah, we'll, we'll have the link everywhere. Facebook, mm-hmm. Twitter, on the show notes. And uh, yes, you can you know, harangue Tracy to transfer your existing cruise to Podcast Cruise 5. And uh, one of the reasons we needed to do this today is because John managed to secure uh, a deal where they're locking in the pricing for us for the next two weeks uh, on these on these staterooms. So we've got a really good price right now. You're going to want to book early. Um, and uh, book early and often <laughs> <laughs> is what my suggestion would be. But yeah, that will open up tomorrow, uh, September 4th. So it is official, November 30th, Podcast Cruise 5, Seven Nights in the Disney Magic, and uh, very, very excited about it. I am, too. I'm really looking forward to it, and especially coming off of, we're going to call, you know, we definitely have to do more of these Diz Cruises, but we have to call them something different. I don't, (laughs) I think it should be, I think given the way some things went on this cruise, it should be Podcasters Gone Wild. Uh Um, Uh-oh. Do we have have video? We actually do, but we'll never show it. Um... (laughs) I don't know why you're looking at me. I, I don't. I just it was some place to look. It was some place in the room for me to look. Um, but uh, no, everybody had a really great time. Yeah. And I think our folks, everybody that joined us, it was a small smaller group than we're than we're accustomed to when we do our our group cruises. We had about seventy five people, I think, with us, and uh, but everybody really had an amazing time. Yeah. So uh, what's going to happen is after we do a, a little housekeeping and talk to Jack Bergen. We're actually going to kick this right over into the show that we recorded on the ship last Friday. That's going to have the news stories and all that good stuff in it. We're not going to do the news live. We're going to kind of broadcast it. But you're going to want to watch it. It was a good show. We really enjoyed it. And uh, you get to see the amazing sizzle reel that uh, Craig put together for the uh, on the Oasis. Thank you. Podcast is going wild. But I think we should call it like Podcast is going wild or something. <laughs> Come up with some name like that for it because Diz Cruise is just driving me insane. But uh, Podcast Cruise 5.0. Now, um, are we going to limit the amount of people we're allowing on 4.0 like we did uh, on 5.0 like we did 4.0? Or is it just going to be? I think I think at this point, many. just kind of let it let it go wherever it goes. Good. Cool. But, the entire ship. Yeah. Just that's what the first one felt like. Yeah. I felt like we had the entire ship. The second one felt like that. 
the yeah. first one was, uh, they, was a they, they all, they all kind of blend together <laughs> oh wow that's i'm sure people who are <laughs> spending this money to sell with us really love hearing you say that um each one is special and 5. unique in its own a. way yeah really 5.01b yeah <laughs> <laughs> we didn't get everything right on 5.0 so we had to do 501b so very excited about that though but you guys uh, well Corey wasn't on the uh, on the oasis with us but right, you no. guys all had a great time oh absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. especially the last night <laughs> oh yeah these guys yeah, put away some wine we did a we did a chef's table yeah, we went to the chef's table it was great five courses five wines plus bonus plus bonus plus bonus plus bonus <laughs> yeah so no, it was good. It was good. All right. I want to, um, I want to talk a little bit to Jack Bergen. Uh, last week, we were talking about the film uh, Escape from Tomorrow that was filmed in, almost entirely inside Disney theme parks, and it was done guerrilla style. Uh, everybody looked like they were just tourists filming, and this guy was actually putting together a film and that was released, I think, at Sundance right? and got some uh, positive buzz. And we all kind of just assumed that there was no way... Disney would ever let this see the light of day, and it turns out it's going into limited release. And uh, one of the things I commented on was that I wanted to ask Jack about this because I don't understand, Jack. Uh, how is this? How is it possible they can film a commercial motion picture, which is what it's going to be now when they release it, a commercial motion picture in the theme park without Disney's permission, and it's okay for them to release it? Well, it depends on the kind of legal issue that you're talking about. Because you you brought up last week the copyright issues, and, and that's a surprisingly complex question. Because copyright doctrines include fair use, and uh, that is a very fact-intensive question. The the probably the better issue for Disney is is you know, are they able to prevent somebody from coming on their property just as a matter of plain old Florida law, and carrying on activities that they don't really care for. Uh, and certainly they can. Uh, the interesting thing was for me that when I went back and looked at the um, terms of the, my season pass and uh, all the old tickets I've bought, uh, there's nothing on any of those tickets that says I can't take pictures and do with them what I want. Hmm. Now, I am a little curious as to, you know, for, for some of the cast members that are or former cast members that are on the podcast, you know, what were they told from Disney about what they should do if, in fact, they um, see somebody who's obviously commercially filming in the park? Well, I know just I'm sorry to interrupt, but I know just from our experience, um, not so much recently, uh, and more so out at Disneyland, right. far more so out at Disneyland than at Disney World. But like uh, one of the cameras we're using here, actually the camera that's on me right now, is a camera I bought, I want to say about four years ago. It's what's known as a prosumer camera. It doesn't look like your standard tourist video camera. It's uh, kind of big, kind of, kind of intimidating looking. And I, I got stopped every 20 feet in Disneyland with that camera. Uh, who are you with? Uh, you know, who are you filming for? Uh, so they would look for stuff like that. And if they thought you, but I think out in Disneyland, they deal with the paparazzi. They deal with, you know, it's Hollywood's right mm -hmm. there. So, but that's why I thought this is interesting that most of this happened. I mean, some of it happened in Disneyland, but a lot of it happened in Disney World. Yeah. And um, I think Disney World just doesn't kind of look at it that way. Just they don't expect people to be in there filming commercially. 
Right. Because they have really strict controls over that. Usually, I, I know for me as a previous cast member, I mean, I, I never was told anything about, oh, if you see a big camera, um, report it or talk to the person. Um, I, you know, if I saw somebody, if I saw somebody setting up lights or something like that, or a tripod with a really big camera, and I didn't see a Disney cast member around, I probably would have reported it to my manager just to say, hey, something's going on, and I wanted to know if you're aware of it. Um, but that was never in my training. Well, the other place we've been stopped, and we, it happens, it happens, I'm going to say frequently, but it happens on a fairly regular basis, are in the resorts when it looks like we're you know, yeah, I, if, we, I, if, we, if we crowd a pool well this is what <laughs> happens is it's us. like you know there's five of us there with thousands of dollars worth of camera equipment and we kind of walk into an area and just start shooting and it's yeah. you know we I, I've we got to a point where I've told these guys split up don't look so obvious and uh, <laughs> you know because you got five people all taking pictures of the same thing and everybody's using this really yeah. good equipment so you know it, in those cases, they'll stop us. But that's not what this guy was doing. This guy was using a regular handy cam. He was sending the script via a text message. He was talking to them on the phones to give direction. And so it didn't look like anything was going on. Right. And, I mean, it's brilliant. It's a brilliant way to do it. But I'm just shocked. I'm just shocked. But, that but this- what are, what's the difference between him doing this and somebody going filming um, – like he did, but put it on YouTube, and you have your ads that you get revenue from. So, what's the difference? Can't that be seen as commercial if you're getting paid from your YouTube views? It certainly can. Uh, you know, if you're getting revenue, that's not really the the accurate test. It's it is a commercial activity, but under fair use, that's only one of the criteria for determining whether a use is fair. Uh, the more probably the more important use is is the the one that that the courts consider the final one is is this going to adversely affect the copyright holders' marketing or potential marketing of the copyrighted work? And what I've seen for this movie, for instance, is a lot of is a lot of people saying that that Disney really doesn't have much of a leg to stand on from a fair use standpoint. Because this is somewhat of a satire and um, a derivative uh, work, would, maybe. Well, der- derivative work—is that what you were asking? Yeah, I guess derivative not. No, I guess it wouldn't really be considered that now. It, it really isn't because the derivative work is something you have to have permission to create in the first place. Okay, uh, that's that's one of the limited rights that a copyright holder has is um, the right to create de- derivative works. Now, you can also think of fair use as somewhat of a derivative work. The best example, if you remember, a few years ago, somebody wrote a book called "The Wind Done Gone," which was a parody of "Gone with the Wind." And the court, the federal court of appeals that uh, would hear any copyright issues arising out of Disney World, that's uh, it's in Atlanta, held that the wind done gone was a fair use of and a parody of Gone with the Wind. And so Margaret Mitchell's heirs couldn't accurately sue, uh, couldn't, didn't prevail in their attempt to prevent the wind done gone from seeing the light of day. But in a lot of cases, don't companies like Disney, even if they know that if it ever gets to court, they'll probably lose, go after it aggressively anyway, hoping the plaintiff won't have the money or the resources to keep up the fight. Because once you go once you go to federal court, I mean, now you're in the now you're in the big bucks. You've got to you've got to pony up quite a bit of cash to defend yourself in federal court.
you do, but under the copyright law, loser pays, even if it's uh, the party suing. It's not like some of the discrimination laws. Uh, under the there's a um, there's a spring, Supreme Court decision from a number of years ago involving uh, um, Dan Fogarty, I believe, uh, that held that uh, the loser has to pay the winner. Wow! Period, and there's no presumption one way or the other. So. Companies like Disney are finding out that it doesn't necessarily pay to just run to federal court. And, and I've got to say, um, there's some interesting copyright issues here, but, but there's a real big practical one. Why would Disney want to promote this guy's work? Hmm. I mean, if you think about the SeaWorld Blackfish situation, SeaWorld gave the Blackfish producers just a tremendous amount of free publicity. Yeah, that's true. That's and true. I'm pretty much thinking Disney doesn't want to do that. Do you think that's what's really going on here is they don't see it as a, a, a major threat to their to their brand and by attacking, by going after this guy, it automatically, as you said, gives him that publicity. Do you think that's where their, their tactic is coming from? Disney has been very silent ever since Sundance Festival, which I, I, my, by my recollection was last January. Yeah, Disney's had from January to now to file a lawsuit and to my knowledge, they've not done that. Uh, maybe they will once they see that a distributor has picked up the movie. But, uh, I, you know, we're nine months into the year so far, and without any word from Disney, I suspect they're just happy to let this one slide under the table. Let and I understand there, there are some interesting copyright issues here. I mean, take Cinderella's Castle. Uh, I mean, Disney really firmly believes in word-of-mouth advertising. There's a couple of conference calls where they've emphasized that point. So... They truly want people to take pictures of their copyrighted materials. And some stuff they can't copyright. The Cinderella's Castle, for instance. Uh, it was built before 1990, and architectural works can't be copyrighted if they were built before 1990. Really? I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah. And in, so someone could think, recreate Cinderella Castle in its entirety and be within the law? Well, remember, Cinderella's Castle is kind of a reproduction of a couple of... Uh, mm. Of other places, and then Schwanstein Castle in uh, Bavaria. In Bavaria, and if you believe Dan Brown, uh, the Blue Moss in Istanbul. Hmm. So uh, you know exactly what could Disney copyright now. Now, if somebody wanted to make an exact reproduction, then Disney could probably find something that they copyrighted. I mean, some of the nuances. So the castle may have an independent copy. Oh, I think we lost. Think we lost. Oh, there he is. He's back. He's back. We, we lost you there for just a second, Jack. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I was saying you, you, you cannot copyright vehicles, motor vehicles, uh, recreational vehicles, boats. And so um, odds are uh, Disney, you know, the monorail, for example, uh, Monorail would be a good example. Monorail itself can't be copyrighted, but when they put the Avengers rap or the Monsters University rap on it, right? Okay, the rap can be. So that explains maybe how he's getting away with using those images. The we saw, you know, the image of the the, the artist rendition of Spaceship Earth on the movie poster, along with the monorail on the movie poster. Is that what he's what they're what they're counting on in terms of being able to use that safely? Probably. I also suspect he's probably being a little sloppy in what he's using. Okay, there's that option, too. See, I well, mean, and, and one other point, if, if you don't mind, sure. just to be clear, 
even after, even with buildings built after 1990, uh, the, the Copyright Act says that the copyright does not include the right to prevent people from taking and viewing photographs of architectural works. Hmm. Well, you know, it's, um, you know, for us, back in the early days, you know, remember, we, we launched the site in 97. We just lived in abject fear. I, I lived in abject fear of Disney Legal that they were going to come down on it. Because in those days, they just had this vicious reputation. You know, everybody liked to talk about the, uh, the, the nursery school here in, in Central Florida oh, yeah. that apparently put up, you know, painted images of Disney characters on the side of the school. And Disney Legal went in and, like, threatened them and made them take it down. And then Universal used that as an opportunity and went in and gave them the rights to put their characters up. But, um, you know, stories like that abounded for years. And, you know, those of us, I think, in the early days of the web, uh, where Disney sites were concerned, we lived we live with that. And then I noticed around 2005, 2006, there started to be this shift. And you talk about the word-of-mouth advertising that Disney does. And we started noticing that they were letting us uh, more frequently bring in monopods or tripods into the park, whereas before that was forbidden. You weren't allowed to do that. Because they, they saw these things were getting out on YouTube. These things mm-hmm. were going up on the Internet. And you might as well let people take the best pictures and best video possible if you're going to let it be out there so that you know your brand looks good. And that was a smart move on their part. Universal... Universal never got that. It is such a pain. You want to talk about a pain in the neck to film us anything. Even when you're invited there as media, they give you a hard time with taking pictures because they don't own any of the intellectual property. So, you know, they have all these different deals with studios. But I don't know. It's it's uh, I was just surprised by it. I was stunned that Disney wasn't going to do anything. Well, remember, uh, that's. The the entrance to uh, Disney's California Adventure and Disney's Hollywood Studios is just a almost perfect replica of the old Pan Pacific Auditorium in Los Angeles that was built in the 30s. That's right. You're right. Yeah. And, so and you can go around. I mean, Main Street USA is supposed to be a reproduction of the town Walt grew up in. So it's you know they rely heavily upon. You know, stuff they have, I wouldn't say appropriated, it's probably too strong a word, Right. that uh, they've copied. Um, now, all that being said, Jack, is this a movie you want to see? <laughs> Not really. I, does anybody, is anybody like, I mean, if I if it's like sitting in front of me, I'll watch it, but... I will seek it I'm out. I'm curious. Yeah. You're going to seek it out? Absolutely. I'd seek it out. Yes. I wonder. Well, the I, one trailer I saw was the, the, the guy sitting in the pool and, and seeing the young ladies... Uh, getting undressed to get into the pool and it's not that i'm so much of a prude but frankly i just kind of wondered about the point (laughs) exactly (laughs) see for me it's more about not necessarily the plot or the content of the movie but i want to see it and notice every place because i know disney property so well i want to look at it and see where exactly everything was filmed and i want to see it just to see how well they actually pulled it off like how does it sound how does it look um and you know kind of look at it from a filmmaker's angle of how how did they do that shot you know yeah and that's the kind of stuff i'm interested in. oh great so that dustin can go do this in his spare time (laughs) oh no no i wouldn't do that i know all right well thank you very much for joining us jackie i appreciate your uh, your input on this always good to see you good to see y'all thank you very much all right thanks Thanks. so much jack um and that's going to do it for uh this little live intro
And like I said, we're going to throw you over now to the show that we did on board the Oasis of the Seas last week. And uh, for Disc Cruise 1.0, we had a great time, and we hope you enjoy it. So I'm not going to do my sign-off here because I do it there. But here it is. Thanks for being with us. Coming up, a healthcare worker is arrested for leaving a disabled man alone in a Disney resort. Disney Channel is coming to Apple TV, and dates for the Broadway preview of Aladdin have been leaked. We're going to discuss that, plus reaction to Disney's Rapid Fill program and our experience on Diz Cruise One. Coming to you from Royal Caribbean's Oasis of the Seas, this is the Diz Unplugged. Coming to you from Dazzles on board the Oasis of the Seas. I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined this week by my good friends, Kathy Whirling, <laughs> Dustin West, Sean Thompson, and Michael Bowling. Uh, John and Kevin are not here, obviously. Uh, I think they're a bit exhausted and uh, needed a break and told them to take a rest. So, but let's all give them a round of applause for the amazing job they did putting this together. Um, and also uh, want to make a very special announcement on this show. Uh, want to welcome Michael Bowling uh, as special correspondent and the newest member of the Diz team. So welcome aboard, Michael. Yay. Thank you. It's an honor. I'm really excited. Uh, for those of you that had the opportunity to watch uh, the D23 coverage uh, that we did a few weeks ago out in California with uh, Tom Bell, uh, Craig Williams, and uh, oh my God, I forgot Craig uh, producing. Craig. I'm sorry, Craig. <laughs> sorry about that. Um, uh, that the uh, the coverage that they did at D23 a few weeks ago, and the amazing, amazing job they all did. But in particular, Michael um, really uh, just did a phenomenal job. And I watched that and said, we got to have this guy on the team. And uh, we've known him for years. He's a great friend of ours, great friend of the show. Uh, along with his lovely wife, Carol, who's back Yay! over here. And so we're really thrilled, really thrilled to have you aboard. A um, couple things in housekeeping. First, I believe there's something we have to talk about regarding transportation tomorrow. Yes, yeah, so in the morning, if you took the buses here and you want to take the buses back to um, Orlando, um, you have to be in either express checkout in the morning or either in zones one through seven which means I think you'll be getting off at like 7.45 or so. You should already have your tags in your room if you don't already. Um, and I think that bus leaves at 8.30, and there'll be John, I think Kevin, outside directing people where to go, so it's, it leaves from the exact same spot that it dropped you off. So it should be fairly easy to get out there. But, yeah. All right. And uh, also, if you did happen to rebook on board, uh, please make sure when you get home, you just send an email to Tracy Heinrichs, letting her know she should be getting that list from Royal Caribbean, but just want to make sure that we've got everybody who rebooked on board. And before we go any further, have you enjoyed the cruise? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's an amazing ship. It's an amazing ship. We're going to talk, uh, we're going to talk about it a little more uh, a little later on, but uh, I do want to remind everybody coming up uh, the weekend of September 7th, the uh, meet in Indianapolis. Uh, most of the team is going to be there and uh, be doing a show. Very excited about it. Uh, 
information about it uh, can be found along with everything else we talk about in the show on the show notes page, disunplugged.com. Uh, also, of course, we have the meet coming up uh, in November in Delaware. Uh, all this to raise money for Give Kids the World. We've had some real great success this year with these meets, raising a lot of money. Um, and uh, really, really happy with uh, the effort everyone has put in, our listeners have put in, in making these meets such a success. But I'd like to take this opportunity to put a call out to some of our listeners in some other states, uh, namely uh, Chicago, or cities, I should say, uh, Chicago, uh, California, Texas, we'd love to do meets there. Uh, we have big audiences in those places, and we think that we could have some real, real successful meets uh, in those areas. But I don't care where you are. We, we may, uh, Evelyn made Nova Scotia work. Oh, yeah. So uh, Evelyn's living proof that it doesn't matter. You don't even have to have listeners. Uh, you've got friends and family because it really was the Nova Scotia meet was pretty much like the McNamara family reunion. Yeah, yes, um, the Evelyn party. But <laughs> it raised eight thousand dollars for Give Kids the World. So, you know, it just goes to show if you've got the passion, um, you can make it happen. Uh, we want to do as many of these as we can. Uh, we want to raise as much money as we can. So, if you want us to come do a show in your city, we're happy to oblige. Just set up a meet, and we'll be there. Um, Oh, my iPad keeps going off. I don't have my notes. Um, and uh, what else do we have in housekeeping? Am I missing anything? I don't believe so. I feel like I'm missing something. I'll think of it later and yeah. interrupt. So let's go ahead and go over to the news. Some interesting stories in the news this week. Yeah, I feel so out of it since we've been on the ship for a week, but we found the three most interesting uh, stories back on land. Um, the first one, Apple TV adds music videos, Disney, weather, and more to their uh, programming. So, um, as first reported by 9to5Mac, an automatic update adds not only the rumored Vivo Music Video app, but also the Disney Channel, Disney XD, the Smithsonian, and the Weather Channel to Apple TV. They join a slew of Apple-approved content channels already on the Apple TV, increasing the total number of available services to 20. Um, It's no surprise to see apps from Disney on the Apple TV. Given Apple's close relationship with the studio, Disney's sports-based subsidiary, ESPN, has been on the device since June. Um, It's worth noting, however, that both the Disney Channel and Disney XD apps are locked to your cable provider. And so to activate, you must open each app, visit the Disney special website, enter your cable information, Mm -hmm. and then it opens. Similar to HBO Go. That's the same thing they do with HBO Go, where if you you have to prove that, you know, your cable provider has... Disney Channel, the exclusive channel. I know, it's a little weird. All cable providers. But still, it's on demand. Uh, a lot yeah. of it's, you know, they'll, they'll be providing live, uh, live footage, live uh, coverage as well as on-demand uh, shows. So I think this is that's great. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I think I'm the more programming very they, excited add, they add that. to Apple TV is the better, especially Disney stuff. Do you think they'll right. show Miley Cyrus doing that nasty dance she was doing? Uh, it, it, <laughs> they're going to play it automatically when you open up the app. You have to watch it. <laughs> what is that called again? Um, that's twerking. Twerking. Yeah. Twerking. Uh-huh. I don't want to get in that conversation yeah, don't again. It. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty cool, though. I mean, just like, I mean, you think it'll be something where they have, like, every show they've ever done, like HBO does? Or, I mean, what do you think? I don't think it'll be that big. Yeah. I think that would be pretty extensive. But I think it'll be a nice selection. Because I've got to get my Lizzie McGuire on right now. All right. Aww. I'm just, I'm ready for the Even Stevens. <laughs> well, <laughs> well it would be know. nice if they showed the classic films, the classic TV shows like Zorro yeah. and Spin and Marty and oh, the wow. Mickey Mouse. I would Club. love it if they did and that. All, and, and the ones we all grew up with that aren't there anymore. 
that aren't right. readily available. I would but like there's to, an audience for that. I, I, I think, I think if we don't see that out of the gate, I think you're going to see that in short order because you're right. I think there is an audience for it. Plus, there's a, a whole a new audience to discover it. Um, and I think what you're seeing with Apple TV, um, Apple, I'm convinced that the rumors are true that Apple is getting ready to release a television set. Uh, that's what's been floating around for a couple of years, that Apple is actually going to release their own TV uh, that's going to have all this varied programming and options in it. And I'm sure and it'll be the best display ever built. Oh, and the most expensive television you'll ever buy, um, if it's priced like their computers are. But you're starting to see now that um, entertainment is being consumed through these mediums now. Um, it's all cloud-based. It's all on-demand. It's all when you, what you want to watch, when you want to watch. You basically, you know, people become their own network programmers now and just kind of put together the entertainment they want. And that's what has the networks, I think, so, so scared um, because they really haven't adapted. They haven't adapted to this new... They've tried to adapt, I think, somewhat through Hulu, but Hulu really, I don't think has been... I mean, it's cool, but... I use Hulu for. But I, gotta, I don't I, have a DVR. If so I, I have use to it sit way. and watch commercials, I'm just—it's right. they're going to lose me. It's what you know, and I realize that's how they make their money. But you know, a new business model really kind of has to come into play, and I think that's what you're seeing these different companies trying to do with the electronics that they that they're putting out. Apple, in particular, uh, with Apple TV. But uh, now this next news story, I think we got to get a group together for this. But go ahead and. Okay. All right, so uh, Disney's Aladdin is set to begin Broadway previews on February 26th of 2014. Um, there's also new artwork released and more opening info. So Broadway World can now confirm via a group sales ad exclusive news about the highly anticipated upcoming stage adaptation of Disney's beloved modern animated classic Aladdin. Um, previews for Disney's Aladdin on Broadway will begin on February 26th um, with the production eyeing a March 20th opening night. Um, Additionally, group sales are now open for performances um, from February 26th all the way up until August 31st of 2014. Um, And the site has the new poster art and all that information. Um, But I think they just had their previews in, I think, May or March of this year's. I think in Vancouver or Toronto. I can't remember which one. But people said that it's amazing. Really? Yeah. Well, you know, they've had... It's been, you know, Disney theatrical, it's been kind of hit or miss. Um, You know, Tarzan was not a big success. Uh, Mary Poppins was a, you know, questionable success. But I think the hits have been so big. Well, the like hits were Beauty and, and the, King, Beauty and the Beast, and Aida. Aida. Aida was not a big hit. Aida was not a big hit. It got trashed by the critics. It lasted on Broadway for about two and a half years, and that's not considered. It did not make its money back. So uh, it's, you know, in, in, terms, of, in, in terms of this... They really need. They need another Beauty and the Beast. They need another Lion King. Well, I yeah. tell you, oh, I'm sorry. I tell you what. I haven't seen the one, uh, the Aladdin show that they do at uh, California Adventure, but I have seen the one they do on. Is it the Fantasy or the Dream? I can't remember. But it, that show is made to be put on stage. It's it's really cool. The what they can do with some of the effects and the characters. Well, the one out in Disneyland is amazing in yes. California Absolutely. Adventure. That Aladdin show. I mean, that's been running since that park opened. So that's, what, 10 years now? And at least 10 years. Yeah. And it is, it's packed every performance. And that's a big theater they yeah. have there. So it's extremely popular. And I was surprised that it took so long for it 
to make its way to Broadway. I, I thought that, that Aladdin would have come before Tarzan. Um, but, you know, I'm excited about it. And I was you know, looking at that news story thinking, that might be a fun group to get together. Just get a bunch of listeners together uh, in February. And, you know, so think about that. And maybe we'll, we'll do something. It's really good. Group pricing looked really good. I didn't know that Tim Rice worked on the, uh, the music. Oh, really? Yeah, so Alan Menken, and some of the lyrics are obviously Howard Ashman, right. who passed away, but Tim Rice is working on it. So, And he also worked with Elton John on, a on Aida. musical on Aida. Um, one of my favorite, it was, again, this was not a success on Broadway. It was a big success in the West End in London, was uh, Tim Rice musical uh, Chess. Uh, if you haven't heard the soundtrack to that, it's amazing. Um, absolutely love that. So, um, And, of course, Tim Rice, uh, along with Elton John on The Lion King. Yeah. So... That should be, should be cool. They're also going to be bringing back songs that were cut from the animated film, including storylines like "What Happened to Aladdin's Mother." Um, that's Proud of going your boy. to be introduced in into this play. The interesting thing is some of the some of the shows that didn't do well here, um, like Little Mermaid, Tarzan, did very well in Europe. And there was even, even like Hunchback a, of well, Notre Dame. Well, that's what we said. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah. Hunchback of Notre Dame is very. Uh, there's a musical version in Europe that's very popular, and it's being redone and is going to be made for the United States. Well, you know what I found uh, in particular um, productions on like the West End in London, while very good, uh, Broadway is the platinum standard. It's very, very difficult. You know, shows that will do very well in other places do not do well in Broadway. It's a much more demanding and discerning audience, maybe. But um, so I think that's that's part of it. It's just not everything's gonna not everything's gonna fly on Broadway. But uh, if you you talk about songs uh, that have been cut from Aladdin, probably one of the most beautiful songs I think ever written for a Disney musical uh, was a song called "Proud of Your Boy." Mm-hmm. And uh, there is some I don't know where I got it from But I got it legally somewhere uh, Of uh, uh, How- Howard Ashman Singing that oh. song um, And it's absolutely beautiful There's a version of it done by I think his name is Michael Barrowman uh, That you can find on iTunes Called Proud of Your Boy It's absolutely beautiful If you get a chance please download it That was one of the songs that was cut and if I'm not mistaken, Howard Ashton it, was really upset that it was yeah. not uh, included in the film. But and it is being included in the Broadway and, version. Oh, that's just going to be amazing. Absolutely amazing. So very excited about that. So yeah. what else do we have, Shawnee? Well, then it gets depressing. Um, so our last news story, caregiver arrested after leaving disabled adult alone in hotel. Um, the caregiver of a mentally challenged adult has been arrested after leaving the individual alone in a hotel room while he went to Walt Disney World for six hours. The victim has the mental capacity of a three-year-old. Maintenance workers at the Marriott Grand Vista Resort noticed water leaking out from under the room's door and found the disabled adult inside with water coming from a clogged sink. A rice cooker was plugged in near the sink, which the workers removed as a safety precaution before contacting um, Mosin Mirza, age 47. Mirza said that he'd taken other children to Disney World and had never left the victim alone before but thought it would be safe. Um, Department of Children and Families is looking into it, and Mirza has been charged with the neglect of a disabled adult. That's terrible. Yeah. Isn't that awful? What do you say about that? I don't Just, know. <laughs> what, do you, what, do you, what are you thinking when you make that judgment call? Well, you that know? person said he, it never happened 
to him before, so obviously he's done this more than yeah. once, but that's scary. What, meaning he never got caught before? Right, he never got oh, caught yeah. before. Well, well, no, he said he never left the victim alone before, so he could have been oh, lying, okay. I suppose, but he said that he's never done it before. Liar. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's his job, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's ridiculous. Especially for six hours, I can't yeah. imagine. Exactly, exactly. And, and what place is more friendly for people who have accessibility exactly. issues than a Disney park? Right. Mm-hmm. So, so why, why couldn't he have brought him, him uh, you know, with them? I don't know. You know, look, if you, can't, if you can't handle working with someone like that, then you shouldn't be working with someone right. like that. Right. You know, we all, I think we can all agree it takes someone really special to do that, that kind of work. Apparently this person is not quite that special. So hopefully they learn their lesson. All right. Thank you very much for that, Sean. Um, I want to move on and talk a little bit about uh, the Rapid Fill <coughs> program. I don't know if you guys got a chance to see the piece Sean and Craig did uh, last week that we put up on YouTube where they kind of step you through how this process works. Um, people are really upset about this. Uh, looking at the comments on our... Uh, our YouTube, uh, our YouTube channel. Well, for, first of all, let's just kind of give people a brief overview of kind of what the experience was for you and, and what you thought of it. Yeah, so Rapid Fill are the uh, the new plastic resort mugs that you can buy um, at Resort Quick Service, and uh, they actually have an RFID chip in them, so it requires you to have a valid time period and actually pay for a certain amount of time to use the mug. And so when you go up to the soda machine, you actually put it on the stand and it reads the chip. It knows exactly how long you're supposed to use it for, how many refills you have, um, and then it kind of really controls things that way. Um, The hugest, the the big thing we really were shocked by is that all the paper cups now that you buy, so if you say you just want like a large fountain drink, they have a sticker on the bottom that has the RFID chip on it too. And so when you buy a paper cup, you're given a two-hour window and four refills. Um, And then after that, your paper cup no longer works. Um, So you have to buy a new one. Only Disney. They could make electronic paper cups. Exactly. (laughs) And make getting a fountain drink difficult. Yeah. I go to Burger King, and I can get as many refills as I want. They don't care. Yeah, so this um, is slowly being rolled out to all the resorts. I think right now it's only at the values. Um, but I think at the end of this month and in the beginning of September, it'll be brought to all of them. Now, one of the things that has, has been brought up is that, you know, there was a period in time where Disney didn't specifically specify that the refillable mugs were only valid for that particular visit. Um, and there was some suggestion that Disney said these were good for life. Disney is saying we never said that. Um, we just didn't specify that you could only use them on your current, your current vacation. So you've got people that say, you know, you told me I could use this for life. Disney's pushing back against it. I'm very interested to see what they're going to do uh, regarding that. But the comments coming yeah. in on the well, YouTube channel. In regards to that, we kind of tested that out. And I don't have any experience with the Forever Mugs. Um, I just heard Is that stories. what we're calling them now, Forever Mugs? The Forever Mugs. <laughs> I think that's, yeah. We get the no expiration option. From what I hear, cast members told you they were good forever, and there might have even been signs above the mugs um, saying that these will be good for a lifetime, that you bring them back for every vacation. Um, 
I'm on the search for any kind of like photo proof of those signs. Yeah. Um, none of the mugs say good forever. So Craig and I actually went up to uh, one of the leaders, the managers that was working at the quick service, and we asked her that. And she said, she kind of had the Disney speak, and she said, you know what, every mug that we've sold for the past 20 years has a disclaimer on it that says um, it is only good for the length of stay, which is obviously not true because I have a, a resort-specific Mara mug from the Animal Kingdom Lodge that opened in 2001 that does not have that on it at all. Right. right. So, I mean, she was obviously kind of, I think, trained. I mean, she was very nice, but I think she was kind of trained to kind of field that question. So I don't know what they're going to do if someone comes with actually one of the mugs and, and pushes it. Uh, I'm, I'm interested to see how, how they're going to handle that because what, what we're seeing on the boards, and again, like I said, on the YouTube channel, um, people feel this is overcomplicated. Um, people feel that it's, on some level, unfair uh, in terms of some of the restrictions you have on it. Um, and, you know, what was your experience with that? Like, what are the restrictions? Just so we can okay, be clear, yeah, so, the um, restrictions. It's different for, um, well, it's basically the same for the, the, the refillable mugs uh, versus the paper cups. I think there's like a two to three minute limit in between refills. Um, so you re- refill it once, and I think you get a 16-ounce refill. Um, and you, I think you can divide that however you want. You can kind of fill it half with ice the first time, then go back, get your rest of your first refill. Oh, wait, ice counts as a refill? No, no, no. But it, it keeps track of how much is a full pour in the machine. So there's these little screens. It's right. super complicated. Yeah, it's <laughs> For soda. Yeah. Okay? You have your soda allotment. that Disney does not pay for, I want to add. Mm-hmm. This is soda Disney does not pay for. The soda they get is, is they get it for free. They get it for free. That's part of that deal. It's part of that deal with Coke being a a corporate sponsor. So, you know, it's, it's, I mean, I realize that they don't want, they want you, they wanted you buying a refillable mug each time you came. And that, you know, clearly most people didn't do that. Most people went back with their mugs and used them over and over again. And that's why they're they're instituting this. But okay, how many here think this is a good idea? The RFID chip in the mug. Kathy, just Kathy and, and Kai. I have, few people. I have like <laughs> three people doing this. So <laughs> they either, they're either they're not dazzled. sure or they're practicing for their their debut and all that jazz. Um, why do you think it's a good idea, Kath? I think it's a good idea because I think it, it got out of hand with people bringing their big gulp cups and things like that from prior vacations. And now, if you've got the dining plan, the mug is included in there anyway. So the, the part of it that I don't like is the fact that Disney, who's usually so environmentally friendly, that wants you to reuse something. Now, with your mug, once you go home... It's no good. No, that, you, can, you can bring it back, but you have to pay again. You have to well, recharge but, it. You know, like how yeah. many people are going to do that? But I read something somewhere that, you know, it's not so much that you were getting free soda. It was that they were missing out on the sales of the mugs. And that's sort of like how I look at it. Like, I realize, you know, Disney's always trying to make a dollar somewhere. And to me, that made sense that if they were missing out on the sale of a mug, then maybe they have to make the money up somewhere. Look, if they were interested, you know, from my perspective, if they were really interested in the sale, in the sales of the mugs, then stop making all the mugs generic. Oh, definitely, Um, definitely. Let's go go back to resort-specific merchandise. Let's go back to resort-specific mugs. 
Um, I think you're going to find people a lot. Uh, I can just see the heads nodding. I think you, you're going to find that people are a lot more interested if they're, you know, at Port Orleans one vacation and then the next vacation they're at Wilderness Lodge. Um, they're going to want to buy yeah, those I've got, mugs. I've got the cabinet at home that has like from every vacation uh, each year the colors were different and they would said like all-star sports or Caribbean right. beach whatever and now when I go home it's like I can't remember which year was pink and which I was had, black well I, you know I'm I, I you know just personally I every time we would go do a resort review every time we you know we did the seven and sevens I bought a new mug each time and I could not tell you which mug was bought on what trip right because right. they're all stinking identical and so all right, fine. You're going to put these RFID chips in them? Great. Whatever. I really don't have a problem with it personally. Um, you know, the amount of times I use a refillable mug or so, you know, that's for me. So I really don't m- mind. But, you know, if I'm a parent with kids and this is something I do all the time, I may have an issue with it. But, all right, fine. You're going to do the RFID thing. Um, what, are you, what are you going to do to make these things a little bit more appealing? They're going to have to address this. People are not happy. Um, and they're going to have to address it soon. I'm hoping that Disney's learned the lesson that when the internet gets its teeth into something, it doesn't let go. And based on my experience, the tone and tenor of some of these comments, this is going to be a thing. This is going to be a yeah. thing. And I'm really hoping that they address it in some way. Now, you know, so far with the whole... Uh, my Magic Plus experience with the bands and the Fast Pass Plus and everything, they seem to be really good about adjusting this as they're going. I'm assuming right now that this is going to be part and parcel of that as well, that they're going to uh, adjust this based on these comments. We know they read the boards. That we know they watch not just our show, but other shows. And they're always listening to you know, kind of what the, uh, what the, uh, the chatterati are saying about this stuff. So I'm hoping that that, that they make those, those adjustments. But while we're speaking about RFID, anybody here buy, uh, has anybody here bought uh, Disney Infinity yet? you have any Infinity people here? No. Really? Really? Oh, my. Okay, well, uh, your magic band. You put your magic band on the Infinity pad, and it unlocks special things. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, and... Uh, uh, someone is suggesting here it works with the RFID mugs as well. Um, it's like got to be see a that. joke. Though, that right? seems goofy to me, but I don't know. It could be true. I think, I think if Disney's smart, anything they put an RFID chip in, they should be able to put on that pad and unlock something. Um, that, would be, that would be cool. Do you think that would make more people want to buy the mug then? If they thought that they could... A very small group of people. Yeah. Well, it all depends on how big Infinity gets. Yeah. Um, Wow, that's a weird sentence. How Depends big. on how big Infinity gets. Um, you know, it's one of those things you say, and then afterwards you're like, wow, did I really just say that? Um, but, yeah, it all depends on, on how successful that, that, product, that product becomes. But, you know, just being able to put the magic band on and have it unlock something in toy box mode was kind of cool. Hmm. Um, yeah. But, so, um, I'm just, I'm interested to see where they go with it, how they, uh, how they handle the, the response to this because so far it's not, it's not really positive. So, I can right. tell you though at Disneyland, if we had cups that allowed us four refills in two hours, we'd be thrilled because there's only two places at Disneyland we can get refills. We're fatter on the East Coast. Park. 
We need, <laughs> we need more calories. But do you have to buy like a special collectible plastic mug for that to get refills? Or right now, you we don't get refills. These are on the, at the resorts, though. This isn't in the parks. Right. Well, do you get refills at the resorts at the resort locations? There's not that many. Uh, so we, we don't have all the eating, yeah. uh, you know, dining locations in the resorts. Yeah. that you have at Disney World. Yeah, as of right now, the mugs and the cups and the RFID stuff isn't going to the parks. I think it might be in Typhoon Lagoon and Blizzard Beach. Yeah, it's supposed to go there. But I don't well, think it's going to make it now, to the Now, you know, if the they, started, if they started adding refill stations in the theme parks, I think that might, that might mitigate mm-hmm. a lot of this yeah. negative commentary and the negative feelings about this. Um, but who thinks they're going to do that? I don't think. Personally, I don't think that you're going to see that. Refillable beer. That is my... I know. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Always comes back to beer. Always comes back to beer. All right. You know what? Let's um, take a little while and and talk about the experience we've had here on board the Oasis of the Seas. Uh, This is, of course, our first time doing uh, an event uh, outside of Disney Cruise Line. And uh, we had a, a small but mighty group for this cruise. We were about 75 strong on this cruise. And uh, that's been nice. It's kind of been nice, especially mm-hmm. from the team's perspective, I think. Um, not having, you know, not that we don't love seeing seven or 800 people when we do our events. But uh, I have a feeling the next one of these we do will be a lot bigger. Yeah. Um, but uh, how amazing is this ship, though? I mean, just incredible. I... I, I I get two <laughs> claps, really. Um, I, you know, I, I was on I was on this ship uh, last year, last April. You know, and just kind of that you walk through. Craig, give him a shot of, of the boardwalk. We have a camera trained on the boardwalk. Uh, that is one of the open air areas on this ship that you're looking at right now. Uh, for those of you who are watching the video. Uh, that's the boardwalk. We also have Central Park. We don't have a camera trained on Central Park. We don't have a cable long enough to do that. But um, one of the things that make this ship very unique, uh, I think, are these areas. As a matter of fact, I just had a roast beef sandwich from the Park Cafe that Wasn't was out good? of this world. If you haven't tried that, you need to go down there and get that. It was amazing. But what did they call it? They called it a roast beef sandwich. They called it's like it called a Kumelvek or something. I don't know. Kennelwick. Who? Kennelwick. It's the sandwich of Kathy's people. <laughs> sandwich of Kathy's people. It's like the official sandwich of Kathy's people. Or? No, we're in the negotiations for that. Okay. <laughs> um, some of the other unique things on this ship, the you know something that's standard on all Royal Caribbean ships, the rock climbing wall. Have we had any rock climbers? Craig did it. Yeah. Lisa Tully did it. We have a young lady over here that did it, and oh, Angela did it. Ryan, no? You did it too? Okay. Um, and the Flow Rider, which is like a boogie board surfing sort of simulator. How many people did that? A whole lot of people. Wow. wow. A lot of people on the Flow Rider. Cool. Flow cool. Rider. I will just say in a word to either one of them, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. I know Ben, uh, Tracy's son, Ben did it. Ben did Flow Rider. We actually, there's video of that, isn't there? So we'll have to make sure we put that on the internet. Um, but actually, speaking of video, Craig has put together a little sizzle reel uh, of the ship that we're going to run for you now. So let's cut to that. 
All right, thank you very much for that, Craig. Kind of get an idea of what's around. No, you're not seeing it. It's not done yet. <laughs> okay. That was quick, huh? It was a very yeah. fast This video. is the benefit of not going out live. It's that we can kind of do that stuff. Craig has between now and Tuesday <laughs> to uh, insert that into the show. But um, uh, How about the casino? Anybody, uh, anybody hit up the casino? Yeah? Yeah, we'll get some applause for that. Um, I've lost my shirt, my shoes, my pants. <sighs> Lord Almighty, I have never done so bad in a casino. I don't, you know, that, but that part that's in most people where they stop after a certain point, <laughs> apparently I was not born with that gene. I will blame that on my mom, who's right now. <laughs> Actually, we need to blame that on my father, because my father had the exact same problem. Um, it's a great casino, though. It is an amazing beautiful. casino. It's beautiful. It's huge. Um, it's the largest casino I've ever seen on a cruise ship. Uh, divided into two sides, smoking and non-smoking. Although the non-smokers don't seem to realize that there is a non-smoking side. So they sit at the smoking blackjack table and then bitch when you light up a cigarette. <laughs> like, hello, you've got your own section over there. But uh, I've... Uh, I've not done well. This is the worst, <laughs> worst gambling I've done in years. Um, and I was, on a, you know, I was on a good run last night, and then he walked up to the table, and... Uh, oh, yeah. So I... Very I know, right? He, I, he sucks the luck right out of the table. Um, I didn't... I didn't mean to. <laughs> um, we love him. Don't get me wrong. It's like, you know... Just a bad luck Just go, go be over... <laughs> he walks up. I'm like, go be over there now. I don't want you here. <laughs> I'm winning. <laughs> um, but uh, what else? What else, have we, what else have you guys done? What have you found on the ship that you've enjoyed? Kathy, your first time on the Oasis. What's, uh, you are the hardcore, uh, hardcore Disney fan of the group. Um, how does this compare for you uh, up against Disney? I, I like the ship. I, you know, I, I came prepared to look at it objectively um, you know, there's some things I really like. There's some things that, but you know, I think of my sister because she, the, the sister that turned me on to Disney, is the sister that really loves Royal Caribbean. So I was trying to take in what my sister told me, look at it. You know, like what my clients would think of the ship. I really liked it. I, I've had a good time. You know, um, if Royal Caribbean was parked next to Disney, I'm not quite. You know, I would do this again in a heartbeat, though. Okay, there you go. Yes, yeah, I would do it. Dustin, what about you? What's, what's been your... Uh... I feel the same way. I've only ever cruised Disney, but like Kathy, I would, I would do Royal Caribbean, especially the Oasis, again, in a heartbeat. I, I was just thinking about when you, uh, if you've been either on the, the Magic or the Wonder for Disney, and you go into the stairwells, and you look at, okay, there's that side of staterooms, and there's that side of staterooms, and you think about how much bigger this ship is. Yeah. It's like twice the width yes. of that. And I'm like, okay, you go up on, on deck on 15, and it's like, Everything is so far away. This ship is just gigantic. And I kind of I kind of like that. There's so much, even now, after six days, I have not explored and, and, and seen. I'm also, I'm also impressed with how smooth the sailing yes, has yeah, been. Oh, my gosh. I, you know, it's very easy to forget that you're on a cruise. Mm-hmm. 
because there's very little motion. I mean, I'm actually really prone to motion sickness, and it because you're just like a city moving through the ocean. You don't even feel it. It's so big. I mean, there there are moments like at nighttime when you, you know you feel the motion depending on where you are in the ship. Um, but for the most part, I haven't taken Dramamine once, taken it. So. Now, I don't know if it was an uh, optical illusion that I was seeing or if I was actually sh- seeing the ship's stabilizers last night. Um, cruise ships have what are, are basically like wings that come out from the, the hull um, to help stabilize the motion. Um, and I have seen them. I've seen them on Disney ships. I've seen them on some other ships. Um, and again, I couldn't tell if I was seeing them or if it was just like an optical illusion because it was last night and, the, you know, the way the lights were hitting the water, it looked to me like there were about 10 set of stabilizers. Oh, that's crazy. On each side of this ship. Um, Could you take a photo of it? No. I don't no. think it would come No, I, I don't think Maybe it would Maybe you were out. hallucinating. It might have been hallucinating. Yeah. The humidity... Oh my God! It's very, I, very possible I could have been. <laughs> the ship has legs. No wings. The ship has wings. wings. Um, Always with wings. But um, it has been. It's been a, a very uh, stable sailing. It has. And of course, this was an Eastern Caribbean sailing. Thank you, God. Uh, it seems like every cruise I do, I end up doing Western, and I hate the Western Caribbean. I love Eastern. Saint Martin, Saint Thomas were our stops, along with. Nassau in the Bahamas, which made no sense at all to me. Um, but uh, anybody do any damage in the islands? Any shopping? Yeah. Yeah, some. Some. Yeah, I certainly did. God knows. Um, but I bought mom some nice jewelry. Bought my niece some nice jewelry. Bought me some nice jewelry. Um, <laughs> and the tablecloth family that lives in the... Lives in the Caribbean. <laughs> Mr. Tablecloth. Mr. Tablecloth. Mr. Lennon. Everyone's last name is Tablecloth. Well, my mother was, my mother was like obsessed with, you know, we have to go linen shopping. Um, so, you know, at the end, you know, I, 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 if I need any more proof that I'm the gayest human being alive, I went, ta- I went linen shopping with my mother in St. Martin. Um, but, and, and was excited about it. <laughs> okay, that's the part I need to add in there. I was excited about it. And we, like, we, we, we just tore that store apart. I mean, we bought so much stuff. Um, but uh, we had, no, two great days in the islands. Love St. Thomas, love St. Martin. Just really great. I, I, and it was interesting, this trip, used to be a lot of people said they preferred St. Thomas over St. Martin. A lot of the people I talked to uh, this trip were saying just the opposite, that they preferred St. Martin over St. Thomas. I prefer St. Martin, definitely. Well, and, on this uh, particular sailing, when we came into St. Thomas, you had to take a taxi to the main portion of town, which made it a little inconvenient that you're not just dropped off right in the center of things. Uh, with St. Martin, you're dropped off, and you just take a nice little water taxi over, and, I mean, everything is right there. Well, my understanding was that was unusual where we stopped in St. Thomas, that yeah. we normally stop at the dock that's basically right in downtown, but for some reason we couldn't this sailing. Um, that was my understanding. I don't know if that's true or not, but... Um, that was a little bit of a hassle, but yeah. still. I love St. Thomas. Um, I didn't get a chance to do what I normally do in St. Thomas, something I recommend to everybody. If you're ever back in St. Thomas again, go grab the ferry uh, from Red Hook over to St. John. Um, I think that is probably one of the most stunning places on earth. Um, I've told the story on the show before. I'll say it again now. Uh, the island was owned. I forgot which Rockefeller owned it. Um, but when he died, he willed it to the United States government under the provision that 80% of it never be developed. So this is a pristine island. The mm. entire island is a U.S. national park. 
Um, the beaches, all that, all maintained by the U.S. Uh, Park Service. Um, and these beaches, when you go on to, I mean, it's like what you think of when you think of like a tropical paradise beach. And because it's uh, uh, very much undeveloped, it has a lot of its natural beauty um, still intact. And it, it's not that t-shirt shop, liquor store, jewelry store type say, experience. I've never been there, but what, was it every five feet somebody asking if you needed a taxi? Nothing like that. Taxi. I went, taxi. I went snorkeling over at St. John's. So I went over there. Yeah, it's beautiful. It was the nicest beach I've ever been on. Yeah. It wasn't crowded at all. It was undeveloped, except they did have very, they had good facilities. Mm-hmm. But the whole island is just beautiful, very lush, very tropical, but no, it doesn't have any of the None of that. People selling, you know, their wares <laughs> that all look alike every every right. ten feet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we did. Katie, Michael, Shelley, and I went to Maho Beach, out of St. Martin, and it's something that Katie and I had wanted to do for years and years and years, and we found two willing subjects to go with us. <laughs> and I guess you'd call it touristy. Um, there's this. It's the Sunset Bar, right? That was the name of the bar. But you sit there, and you've got the ocean. You're looking out at the ocean. It's where the planes come into the airport. Oh, wow. And you sit there, and you watch the planes come in. And it's not so much the planes coming in. It's the planes going out. That as the plane taxis and comes around in that jet blast, there's people that hold on to the fence to get blasted, you know, from the jet. And there's oh a... There's a you could... You could it, it sounds really weird. You'd have to watch. Remind the, me not to go like excur- on excursions with her. <laughs> you know, and there's the sign that says this can cause extreme injury and death if you're up on the. You'd be the burned thing. to a crisp if you're too close. Well, you wouldn't get. Well, no, you know, you, you know, I, I, I hope I don't have to come on the show and say Kathy's not with us anymore because she got sucked into a jet engine. <laughs> <laughs> now I was the official photographer, but you could feel the excitement. They have a surfboard there with. They the have ton- an official photographer for this. That, that was me. She they, suffered the same fate as a duck. <laughs> <laughs> but they had a surfboard of what time the, the planes came in. And you'd be sitting there at the bar. We had lunch. And you could feel the excitement as the planes were coming in over the water. And then when the planes were turning around, and we didn't stay till the big 747 was supposed to come, because that's really supposed to be the ultimate of, you know, jet blast. You had to make reservations for that one? No. But, you know, we got the T-shirt. We did the lunch. The beach was beautiful. It was very touristy, but it's sort of like the, the, the cool thing to do, and I'm sure eventually they're going to do away with that just for security purposes, for people. You know, the people that the jet blast was so hard that it came across the road into the sand, blew the sand all around, and even made waves out in the ocean oh from gosh. the jet blast. And there's people standing there. So one that way to, that's one way to get dermabrasion. <laughs> I'm so get my skin resurfaced. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going with you. So look up it's Maho Beach if you want to do something exciting. Think of me when you go, but it was fun. Okay, Sean, what about your experiences What if, uh, on the ship? What do you think? My favorite thing on the ship so far is Central Park, without a doubt. Yes. People always say that you forget that you're on a cruise ship, but you honestly do. Um, yeah. There are trees everywhere. It looks like you're outside walking along a street. They've got birds um, chirping. There are fake mm-hmm. noises. Fake noises. Yeah. Crickets at night. Um, they even have like musicians out there playing violin and stuff at nighttime. 
and it's just it's really beautiful. And with all the with all the restaurants out there, mm-hmm. they all have like outdoor seating areas, so it it really does feel like yeah, it's a fantastic. park with little cute little restaurants. I, yeah. And that was something. The pictures and the videos that I had seen just didn't do it justice, because when you're up there in Central Park, it's like you really do forget you're on a cruise ship. It really is, and it's so relaxing. There was a lady doing her Tai Chi out there the other morning, and it's like, wow, this is cool. Did you join her? I, no, I just took oh, a okay. picture. <coughs> you didn't release your balls of energy? No. <laughs> okay. Um, what else, Sean? Um, one thing I still need to do is go on the, uh, I forget the name of it, but it's the bar that rises up and down. Rising Tide. Rising Tide. Rising Tide, yeah. Yeah, there is a bar that. that goes between... Uh, Central Park and the, the promenade, the promenade, and just it just goes up, literally and down. goes yeah. up and down. It just, seems so cool, but though. it takes thirty minutes. It's not like the Tower of Terror. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. It's not. A, it's not a hard drop. It's a, it's a very slow. It glides down. Yeah. Glides our, down. our biggest question was, what if there's an emergency? Whether it's a serious emergency or you just got to go, man. I, I'm, I'm wondering. <laughs> You just got to wait 30 minutes, I think. Yeah, really. Go before you leave. (laughs) That's what my mother always told me. Go before you leave. I also thought that the way it's shaped, it looks like it could be a boat going up and down. Mm -hmm. And if anything happens, that's the lifeboat I want to be on. (laughs) I don't know if it detaches or what. They just shoot you off the ship and floats to the bar. (laughs) Martini. And what about you, Michael? What have you thought of, of the cruise so far? You know, in the first couple of days, this was our first Royal Caribbean cruise, and we were so overwhelmed by just the sheer size of the ship. Carol and I thought we will never get on another, another you know, Royal Caribbean ship again. And now we're looking forward to, to booking again and going on another cruise. I think for us, it was the entertainment options that are here. There is so much with all the different variety of shows and the entertainment going on in the Royal Promenade. I like that the the Royal Promenade can be just a place where you just hang out and sooner or later you're going to see people you know go by Mm -hmm. which I don't think the other ships like Disney, Disney doesn't have that. And, uh, And so it's great. You just hang out there and sooner or later you're just going to see people you know. Carol and I, we've only previously cruised on Princess and Disney. When we take our children on Princess, when they were younger, they loved the teen program. But then they outgrew the teen program when they were like 18, 19, 20. They were bored stiff on Princess. There was nothing for that age group, that older teen young adult. If you're a family that has that age group... This is a great place for a cruise vacation because your older teens or young adults, they, they have the flow rider, they have the zip line, they, there's miniature golf, there's the whole sports deck that has all kinds of things going on, plus all the entertainment that's for a variety of age groups. If this ship had existed when our children were that age, they never would have been bored. Yeah. So, you know, so contact your Dreams Unlimited agent. And, um, but I think families with a wide age range who want to go on a cruise, this would be a great experience can for I, them. Can I add on to that, Michael, as well? Uh, my only other experience being Disney, I'm finding, I'm just noticing that there's a lot uh, more folks on this particular ship from the age range of 16 to 30, the, the 20-somethings, the, the college-age crowd. There's more of that as well. 
um, along with families and in yeah. all ages. But you, it, that's the crowd you don't necessarily see on Disney ships. Right. And so I'm seeing uh, that a lot on this ship. I, um, you know, one of the things, there, there's a lot about Royal Caribbean that I like. Um, it's, but it is difficult to make an apples-to-apples comparison to Disney. But one of the first comparisons you hear is that this, uh, you know, Royal Caribbean is just a, a much less expensive uh, option than, uh, than Disney is. And on the surface, in terms of the actual cost of the stateroom, uh, you're right. It is. It is cheaper on Royal Caribbean. Or, but Royal Caribbean also nickel and dimes you at every turn. Um, I almost fell. When I looked at the refillable mug for, what was it, $55? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, he told, no, he told me it was fifty five forty nine. And then it's... I think Maybe. there's different tiers you can yeah. do it if you do it order. But earlier. still, for I, children, it's cheaper as well. It's still, but I don't care. It's, yeah. Wow, okay. You've got to consume a lot of soda to make that worthwhile. Um, the food in the main dining rooms, I don't know. Some people have been telling me the food's been pretty good in the main mm-hmm. dining rooms of Salem. Yeah, um, it has been. Well, we've been eating in the signature restaurants, um, which there are three of them. Uh, four, well, technically, I think four. There's a... There, like, isn't there a sushi restaurant? Yeah, Izumi. Um, and then you've got Chops, 150, and uh, Giovanni's Table, mm-hmm. which we had a wonderful, we rented it. Solarium. The Solarium Bistro. Right, but that's not a signature restaurant, is it? Is that considered signature? Okay. Right. So Val likes the Solarium. <laughs> Val, who I, I, I pointed Val to a specific slot machine last night. Because it had been doing well for me, she put five dollars in, won a hundred. Wow! <laughs> They'd be very happy. I was afraid she was going to lose money and then come back and hit me. <coughs> but I told her she's from Louisiana, so she's got that whole voodoo thing going on. So she was like putting some kind of curse on it. And she's got the good juju, the good juju. But I, I've had a uh, I've had a magnificent week uh, on the ship, uh, you know, and just hanging around, you know, gambling and. Kind of doing the events that, that we've done. Uh, we had an ice cream social uh, one day that people seemed to enjoy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and of course we uh, had Giovanni. We rented out all of Giovanni's table for the night for our group um, a few nights ago. And that meal was superb. That was so much fun. That was. That was yeah. a lot of fun. Um, nice. Are you ra- raising your yes, hand to be back. addressed? or? Oh, you're very welcome for that. Thank you for saying that. Um, yeah, now, I'll be honest. I had no idea what was being put in the state rooms because people are coming up to me saying, thank you. So I'm like, okay. Um, that was John and Kevin. Um, and Tracy, let's not forget Tracy Heinrichs, of Yay. course. Our amazing, amazing Tracy, uh, who did a phenomenal job uh, coordinating all of this. Uh, those guys were responsible for selecting those, those gifts. But yeah, every day I was as surprised as you were. I'm like, wow, that's really nice. <laughs> um, but uh, Royal Caribbean also makes it a lot easier for us to do that on these group cruises. There, we have a lot more options. Uh, being able to rent out an entire restaurant, being able to put different types of things in the room. Uh, Royal Caribbean's group process and group opportunities are a lot better than they are on Disney. Disney really stopped a few years ago uh, doing anything major for groups. We don't get a lot of consideration when we do them. That was one of the reasons we wanted to try this out. 
uh, because we thought, you know, it is less expensive and we do have more options. And I think it's worked out really well. I think it's worked out really well. Everybody seems to be really, really happy. I certainly am. Uh, again, my thanks to John, Kevin, and Tracy uh, for all the work they did uh, putting this together. Our, our helpers, Kathy and Katie, uh, Roger and Kathy, um, Jeff and Val I've seen helping out, as they always do. Uh, at Leah, Leah Zanola right here. Leah's here somewhere. Looking resplendent, I might say. You look fabulous. Um, uh, and my, my team, of course, uh, just everybody did a great job. And I can't thank you guys enough for coming along and, and doing this with us. This was a, it was a great time for us. We hope you enjoyed it. That is going to do it for this episode of our show. We hope you enjoyed it. And we'll be back with you again next time with another edition of The Diz Unplugged. Thanks for being with us, everyone. And remember... Every, all together, stay out of the damn lake. Take it easy, everybody.